Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with an email newsletter to paid subscribers on my Substack, which is called The Kaka. It is Wednesday the 20th of July and today I wanted to talk about our ability to build houses fast and cheap and warm and dry and why we're about to have another one of these busts in the building cycle which is so destabilizing and is one of the reasons why we're not very good at building houses fast or cheap or uh, very solidly. So uh, what's going on here? In the last day or two we've seen more and more reports that New house building inquiries to house builders have dried up in the last few months. It's sort of to be expected, really, because of the slowdown in lending, higher mortgage rates, and tighter credit conditions from banks. And of course, the fall in house prices of around 5 to 10%, depending on where you are, since November has taken away some of the immediate urgency for people looking to get into the market before prices rise anymore or for those people who perhaps are able to buy things off the plan and flick them on or uh, just would like to see a rise in their house price pretty soon after they've bought their house as opposed to the other way around. So what are we hearing? Well today there's a good report in the New Zealand Herald from Carmen Hall talking to various people in the building sector some of whom have bigger operations, some of whom are smaller, and they report something like 80 to 90% lower inquiries for new house building in recent months. Now, of course, at the moment, a lot of house builders are flat out just dealing with previous orders and, of course, various shortages with building materials. So it looks like the pipeline is pretty full for the next year or two. So right now we're not seeing you know, mass layoffs or people jumping on planes full of tradies going to Australia because they've got uh, good jobs and there's plenty of activity right now. However, it's after the 12 to 24 months where we have a potential problem. And the reason it's a problem is that over the years New Zealand has had a pronounced boom-bust cycle in housing construction. Sort of understandable, when interest rates go up, they go down, there's lots of demand, then not so much demand, particularly because houses are now, of course, not just places you live that provide a service to keep you warm and dry, they're also financial assets. And of course, the demand and supply of these financial assets is more pronounced because of the financial cycles. So there's a, a, a doubly... Um, violent up and down that we see in the housing cycle and this is a problem because if you're a house builder the last thing you want to be do the last thing you want to do is be caught holding the baby or the parcel when the music stops so the last thing you want is a really big workforce that you've spent a lot of money training and a lot of technology and equipment that you've spent a lot of money investing in and then suddenly there are no houses to build. All of that equipment goes quiet and you have a big payroll that you have to keep paying while the market's in trouble. And of course the first thing you do is sack people. Well, no one likes sacking anyone. It's quite expensive and it can be more, quite difficult. 
So often what we see instead is people hiring subcontractors. Subcontractors are much easier to let the go than staff. Also, um, why would you train someone up, spend money on apprentices, on training, retraining, showing them new equipment, new systems, uh, all of the various um, digital planning tools, when there's a risk, as soon as you've trained them, that you have to sack them and they have to jump on a plane and go to Australia. So this is one of the reasons why you don't see the investment in technology and training and apprentices that you might see in other industries that aren't quite so volatile, where there's a high and sustainable level of demand that you can rely on, not just for the next 6 to 12 months, but 5, 10, 15 years out. And over the years, um, New Zealand has had a basic problem being able to produce more than 20, 25,000 houses per year, particularly since the mid to late 1970s. And that means that our number of housing consents, number of new homes built per thousand head of population has actually been lower for the last 30 years or most of the last 30 years uh, than it was in the 50s, 60s and 70s in New Zealand. It got so bad in 2008-9-10 after the global financial crisis and after the collapse of finance companies that uh, an enormous number of tradies and various contractors and building companies went bust or just stopped working and many of them jumped on a plane and went to service the mining boom that was happening 2009-10-11 in Australia. Again, because... After the global financial crisis, the Chinese government just pulled the infrastructure lever real hard. That means you need lots of concrete and steel, and the first thing you need for concrete and steel is coal and iron ore, both of which Australia had in heaps, or under the ground in virtual heaps. And so you saw um, lots of demand for our tradies and workers in construction and other areas in Australia, and so they left. So the number of um, houses being built collapsed from you know over 30,000 pre-GFC, just before the GFC, to more like 10 to 15,000 um, in those in-between years, particularly 2009, 10, 11. Now, as we know, since then, since that period, we had a lot of new people come into New Zealand, migrants, and of course the supply fell uh, very far behind the new demand that came in. And it was one of the reasons we've seen various surges in house prices over the last decade and of course in 2020 and 2021 uh, that inflexibility of our ability to quickly and cheaply provide new housing when the demand hits the market uh, that inability that inflexibility that what we call the inelasticity of housing supply was one of the reasons why house prices rose 45 percent in 2020 and 2021 it's the fundamental shortcoming and failure of our economy, our inability to build houses quickly and cheaply. And that is in part because of a productivity problem. We have awful productivity, so amount of um, you know, square meters built per hour of work in New Zealand is just awful. In fact, it's gotten even worse in the last 10 to 20 years. Now that sort of makes sense if you think about how many times people turn up to do their work as a subcontractor and find that um, there's a, a truck parked in their way or the person who is going to do the um, 
electrical work hasn't turned up today and so you'll have to come back tomorrow an awful lot of waste and um, the coordination of subcontractors on sites the coordination of workers the sequencing of work that's done the arrivals of building materials at the right time and the right amounts and then applying skilled workers with the right tools um, we're just awful at that and there's a reason for it uh, we have not invested in the sorts of off-site manufacturing plant, the new training, um, the digital uh, tools that allow people to more efficiently um, combine the bits and pieces into a house in a fast, efficient way. And uh, the reason for that is if you're a company, particularly a larger company, you'd be taking on a lot of risk if you train these people, invest in this technology, and then suddenly there was a big bust. And there have been significant big busts. And the, the most scarring one was 2009-10-11, which we know led to many of the issues that we currently have in our housing market with a lack of supply, particularly when you have a surge of migration. So um, it's worrying to see this 80 to 90% fall in new house build inquiries. Now the question is, uh, will there be some sort of rebound in time before the pipeline runs out in a year to two years' time? We'll see. And is there another source of demand that isn't quite so leveraged or volatile and linked to the ups and downs of interest rates and the animal spirits of home buyers? Well, there is one organisation that could provide a steady drumbeat of demand, and that is the government. And there have been various calls for this over the years, for the government to effectively underwrite the demand level at a certain high level, let's say it's ten to 15,000 houses per year, so that the likes of you know Fletcher's and all of the various other larger organisations can start to um, uh, have some solid uh, plans for investment and training and technology which would improve productivity and that would uh, consolidate what is a very splintered industry. Remember, way more than 60 to 70% of our houses are built by very small operations. We're talking two, three person, dad and son, dog on the back of the double cab ute, building one or two houses a year. Now, in other parts of the economy, you know, banking, uh, medical services, um, uh, all sorts of groceries, uh, insurance, you know, often you end up with two or three very large players. Now that can also have its own problems, but it does mean that you get scale and you'd hope efficiency. The problem, of course, with some of the current duopolies that we have is that they have the efficiency, but they don't pass on the benefits in the form of lower prices. They just capture it in the form of higher profits. We obviously don't want that to happen. But it would be great to have some large-scale operations uh, churning out good quality houses that are cheaper, in part because they've managed to invest in technology and training and systems and consolidation to do that. And uh, the other reason why you need these sorts of large organisations with bigger balance sheets that are more resilient to the ups and downs in markets and less likely to sack a bunch of people or take on subcontractors they can ditch at a moment's notice is because, of course, as we uh, re-engineer our cities for climate change and look to have a lot more medium to high density housing, that's uh, you know more complicated to build. It's relatively easy and cheap to build, um, well, when I say cheap, there may not be particularly high quality, to build timber-framed, 
maybe wooden or um, brick veneer clad homes um, that are vulnerable to earthquakes. Some can sometimes be leaky and uh, per square metre aren't necessarily that cheap. But medium density housing, you know, we're talking three or four storey apartment buildings, more complicated townhouse uh, groupings, they are more complicated to build um, from a resource consent point of view, from a, an architectural design, groundwork point of view. And so often you need more uh, widespread groups of skills and capital together in a single company to make that work. And we're starting to build up more of these. If you look at the stats, and I include some charts in the email newsletter, you'll see that we have a lot more uh, um, what we call um, multiple unit buildings going up at the moment. You'll see them all around our cities, townhouses, lower apartments, and even in Wellington, some larger apartments. They are complicated, difficult buildings to build. You need um, particular sets of skills, as Liam Neeson might say. Not those particular skills, but a particular set of skills. And so you need to you know, have larger companies to do that. So what's going to happen here? Well, you'd hope the government would be able to step up and provide that solid level of a baseline of demand. Uh, but the signs we're hearing from Kainga Order and the government are not fantastic. So in the article that I point to in the email newsletter, there's some quotes from Megan Woods, the housing minister, saying that she's uh, consulting with the industry uh, about things. But uh, And there are reports in recent weeks that Kanga Ora itself has started to wind back its ambitions, stop hiring, and its future build program is in doubt because of higher construction costs and higher interest rates. Again, we have this problem where the 30-30 rule do not increase the scale of government more than about 30% of GDP in the long run. Do not run net debt more than about 30% of GDP in the long run. Do not either increase taxes to pay for a higher debt that would fund the infrastructure for housing. That gives you that solid baseline of demand that may use Kyung Aura to effectively help re-engineer the sector. That is not there. And the multi-term reassurance that the private construction sector needs is not there and uh, this is a concern if we want to change the way that we build houses a core part of the economy one of the biggest individual sectors more than 10 percent of gdp one of the biggest employers we are awful at construction sector productivity and we need to see much more investment in the uh, tools the technology and the people and with this sort of boom-bust cycle that we risk seeing, that is unlikely to be solved. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the Dawn Chorus for Wednesday, July the 20th for the Kaka. My email newsletter and podcast, and by the way, I'm doing a few videos as well, uh, are called the Kaka. That is paid for by... Uh, full paid subscribers to the Kaka. Thank you to your support for letting me do this sort of work covering housing unaffordability, climate change in action, and child poverty reduction. Kaki Town Hall.